Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's 4th Estate. Hey, it's been another big week for the beautiful state of Florida, <laughs> and we wanted to celebrate the end of it with you here on Florida's 4th Estate. We have an awesome guest talking about the Disney versus DeSantis drama that seems to change by the day. It's like a 12-round boxing match where one's winning one round, the other's winning the next round. Yeah, it has been a very busy week here in Florida. So we're going to talk about some of the headlines, and so we're going to right to it because the first headline I want to talk about is a crazy story. It happened in Orange County. And Matt, if you don't believe in miracles, then I, I don't know what to tell you on this one. It was a a crash like we had not seen in a long time. A car just goes careening down the street and we have no idea why the driver lost control. That's still being investigated. But it hit a 71-year-old construction worker on, who was on the sidewalk doing his job. It killed that construction worker, slammed into the front porch of this family's home. And thank goodness there was a post there on that front porch because behind that post was a mom with her baby. That is the only thing that stopped the car from careening into them. When I saw the video and heard this story, I'm like, that is nothing but a guardian angel right there because this story could have had, I mean, it's tragic that a 71-year-old person lost his life, but it could have been even more devastating if that mom and her baby had been killed. Uh, a tough story, but it did, it, at least for that mom and that baby, uh, it turned Oof. out okay. I would like to lighten things up a little bit. I want to show you some what? pretty wild video. Yes, sharks. Sharks in the water? Not just any sharks, though. Great white sharks. Okay, people don't think of Florida as being a place where you see great white sharks. This is a juvenile, about 10 to 12 feet. So you know where Ponce Inlet is over there in central Florida? About 20 miles okay. off the coast, there's an area where they have artificial reefs where these fishermen, they go out and they fish for grouper and snapper and that sort of thing. They started having this monster shark going around their boat and they actually hooked into it and they realized it when it started dragging the boat for like a half an hour. This thing is pulling the boat. And they finally got up close enough to get some video, get some pictures. Everybody passed around the the reel and the rod. And so everybody could just kind of feel what it would be like to have this monster prehistoric creature on the line. So had a good time. It was some tourists from Nova Scotia who got to experience that. And what a wild experience that must have been, Gigi. Yeah, people are always so surprised, though, to find we have lots of sharks here uh, off the coast of Florida because that's their home. That's like a shark knocking on your front door going, oh, fancy finding you in your living room. Yeah, what are you oh. doing here? This has been my migration route forever. We have yeah, somebody hooked another one, a great white in Fort Lauderdale. We had an yeah. orca wash up this year, which I have never seen happen in the state no. of Florida. Yeah, that so, was kind really of weird things to see all these creatures popping up. Yeah. That was weird. Okay, speaking of weird, you know, um, as we do these headlines, this is Teacher Appreciation Week. <laughs> oh, no. I did not think about that. Should we kill this story? Uh, no, nah, let's do it. No. This happened in Eustis, but here you have the headline right there. There is a middle school teacher. She's a substitute teacher, and she allowed a student in Allegedly. her classroom... <laughs> 
Correct. She allegedly, because that saves you from all the lawsuits. Um, (laughs) Apparently, a student uh, was somehow allowed to use her vape pen. And her response, allegedly, was she was just trying to make her, trying to just fit in. That's all. Yeah. Can you imagine as a parent hearing this? Uh, well, honey, how was your day in school? Oh, yeah, I learned geography. I uh, vaped a little bit. I did some math. What? What's that second one again? <laughs> the, by the way, if you're just listening to this, you don't see the, the mug shot. This is not like a 22-year-old teacher just out of school. This is a no. 50-year-old named Jennifer Hale who allegedly allowed a seventh grade student I'm not talking a senior in high school. Not that that would be right either. Some of them are old enough to vape. Hey, seventh grader. uh, You want to hit on my vape here? Like what? She just wanted to be popular. She just wanted to be popular. But I mean, the the sad part is she's now facing a charge of child abuse, which that's exactly what, what that is. But okay, teachers, there's no need to try and be that cool. You don't want to be that teacher. And, right. you know, we're not trying to shame her, but it's like, let this be a cautionary tale. No vaping for your students, especially using your vape pen. Hey, can we just say for all the rest of the teachers out there, I love you. And when we do uh, <laughs> when we do stuff yes. where I go into a classroom and I am in charge of those kids, I'm not in charge, but I'm talking to those kids, trying to entertain them for like oh, 20 yeah. minutes. It's the longest 20 minutes of my life. Every time I walk out of there, I'm like, why do these, pe- these teachers should make... A million dollars a year. Just leave your credit card on the teacher's desk and go like, just take what you need. Just, (laughs) I mean, they're they're godsend. So yes, exactly. Okay. Another story that caught our eye this week was, you know, we talk about gators all the time, but this one was a crocodile. This happened in Monroe County. And this thing was huge. It was trying to get into a retention pond there look you see the deputies they're wrangling this it. thing's a monster it's a prehistoric <laughs> creature yeah it's a croc man and it is no joke they uh these uh guys jumped into action to, to wrangle this thing before anyone got hurt a lot of people don't know that american crocodiles are a thing we also have some caimans that shouldn't be here and plenty of stuff okay. but uh yeah they should be able to lo- relocate that thing and hopefully it, it has a good mm-hmm. safe life away from people crocodiles very reclusive little species there so uh let's talk about another one there was this wild story in Oviedo we have to tell you about that <laughs> they realized there were some potholes in the road and they were like maybe something's going on underneath the road that's causing these potholes so they took a little robot Uh, and put it in a drain and they started going into the drain i'm going to play this video for you and you can kind of see you're in this tunnel it's it's wet on the bottom and at the end you see two little lights those are eyes all right at first they thought maybe it was a toad you're having a hard time telling what kind of scale this is so they just keep (laughs) trudging through the water and bringing the robot in they're like what is that i would have loved to have had a camera on the people who are watching this video feed right as they get in there because you're like what is this how big is it frog no as we're getting to this point that's a little too far apart to be a frog it turns out smaller than a bread box (laughs) right yeah it's like are you green do you swim so yes they get up on it and somehow this five foot alligator got in on this very long a little pipe. It looks and cartoonish to me. Look, yeah, he, imagine the whoa, gator. Whoa. Like, whoa, dude. <laughs> I what is going now. on here? <laughs> Wild. It's, 
stunned. It's stunned to see that little robot camera down there. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, let's see what you're, what's going on down here. That's crazy. I, I'm sure that they're glad it was a camera and not a person down there investigating. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. No, there's a reason. You don't send a person down there. That would have been a very tight fit. The gator's like, all right, fine, I'm out of here. It starts taking off, and eventually the little drone thing gets stuck, and the gator goes on his way. Welcome to the state of Florida, known for alligators and what else, Ginger? Oh, you know Disney. And when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to have our political analyst talk about Disney versus DeSantis, the saga that seems to be never-ending. That's coming up. Glad to have you here with us for Florida's fourth estate. Well, I don't know if you've heard about this story, but (laughs) Ron DeSantis and Disney have been going for each other's throats now for the better part of the last year. I just feel like it's a chess game because, you know, they're pieces and you just have to strategically move and you have to anticipate what the other person is doing. And the problem is... There was a point where one person didn't anticipate a really big move, and that <laughs> caused some some stirring yeah. about. Uh, so the perfect person to talk about this is our dear friend, UCF history professor, political analyst, Dr. Jim Clark. I think we should start with where where this all began, right, How we got uh, Jim? Here. Like, okay, I mean, it all started with. The Parental Rights and Education Bill, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, came out. It was very controversial uh, no. with what teachers. Uh, oh, he's saying, no, you disagree. That's not where it oh. started. Walt Disney picks Reedy Creek, the banks of Reedy Creek, to build his uh, Disney World in uh, 1963. And uh, after his death, his brother Roy pushed through the legislature uh, a package, a bill, giving them tremendous power uh, and and for some very legitimate reasons. It sprawls over two counties. They didn't want to be answering to different governments and and basically having interference as they carried out their, their plans. Um, and it stayed like that for, for more than half a century uh, until, as you point out, Matt, uh, the so-called don't say gay bill passed. Uh, Disney never said a word while it was being considered. And then the now former uh, president of Disney, Bob Chappick, uh, called the governor, said that Disney opposed the bill that had already passed and went public with his objections. And that set the governor off. In a huge way. Um, And a lot of people are saying that he was very upset by Disney going against what he had had proclaimed. And so then that led him to say, 
well, we're going to just get rid of all of these special privileges that you've had and enjoyed for so long. But it's the way in which it has been handled that has been so messy, Jim, and has caused so much controversy. Yeah, you know, this is a strange thing, Ginger, because for decades, Republicans had defended Disney and made sure it kept its power, gave it every year almost, they seemed to give it a tax break or a special power. Um, a couple of years ago, they gave them a half a billion dollar tax break. Uh, a couple of years ago, they exempted them from certain social media laws. Uh, so the Republicans have been overly kind to Disney. The Democrats have been uh, more critical of Disney. And now we find the entire thing has swapped it's the Republicans going after Disney and the Democrats, uh, mainly from Orange County, defending Disney. Yeah, that has been weird to see because this has flipped a lot, like you say. It's seeing Democrats who usually speak out against corporate greed and think everything should be fair have been lobbying that Disney should have its own special taxing district and basically no uh, government regulations over itself, which is certainly odd. And I do want to clarify because we were saying that this all started because they spoke out against the parental rights and education bill or don't say gay. Well, one of the big things they announced when they spoke out was Disney said, we're also no longer going to contribute to politicians and a lot of people think that was the key because no longer were Republicans getting that money. And now some people are saying that was a part of this punishment, Jim. How big of a role do you think that played in this? You know, Disney has been a con continual uh, giver of money. But more, I think more importantly, they were also a giver of free tickets. Um, just uh, a couple of months ago, for example, Universal gave the Republicans $400,000 in freebies, the legislators. And so these people were used to coming to Disney on Disney's dime, having a great vacation uh, and things like that. And now Disney was saying no more of that. But the bigger issue came in when they signed, they thought they had signed over the special district that Disney no longer had control. And then the, they read the fine print, Jim. And that seemed to be something that it was almost like you put a stink bomb and set it off. <laughs> and that really got things going again. It certainly did. Uh, and, uh, you know, Disney has very, very smart lawyers. And, you know, you and I and Matt wondered for the past year why Disney had been relatively quiet. Uh, they had not been lobbying the legislature, even though they have 38 lobbyists in Tallahassee. They had not been issuing statements. Uh, it seemed like they had given up, if you will. And then all of a sudden they dropped the bomb. <laughs> they knew but something. They did. They yeah. And it, it was a pretty effective bomb at the time. Everybody was like, is this checkmate? And then that's when that's when things got maybe a little more weird because I think a lot of people were on the I can't say a lot of people but a decent amount of time you could look at the situation up until that point and say Ron DeSantis is winning this he's gotten a lot of national credibility he's been all over all of the news stations particularly Fox News where his base is 
And he's looked pretty good. Looks like he's taken on corporate greed, woke Disney, and he's doing well. Then this moment happens where Disney basically turns the board that Ron DeSantis was going to use to make these big decisions at Disney and to hold over them. And Disney just flipped it, did a kind of a little It was a gotcha. Deal. It was a gotcha moment. And then DeSantis took things a step further with his rhetoric. He started saying, oh, maybe we'll build a prison there. Maybe we'll put toll roads in at Disney World. And that's when that's other people, that's when people who are maybe on his side, like, yeah, this is unfair. You could do mm -hmm. this. Start saying, well, now are you just punishing a business just because they made you mad, which brings in a whole other list of constitutional it issues. It seemed personal to a yeah. lot of people. So where are we now with that, Jim? Because legally, constitutionally, can a government go after a business, and Disney's suing for this right now, for because basically it got personal? Yeah, uh, it's a, that's going to be what the courts are going to decide, maybe even the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, not this one, but a previous Supreme Court in a rather obscure case involving a tow truck company where the tow truck driver criticized the mayor and the mayor removed him from the list of city approved tow truck companies. And the Supreme Court ruled you can, government cannot punish someone for free speech. Mm. So uh, they have come down on this previously and certainly there is ample evidence, as you point out, that this was uh, personal. Uh, the threats, um, one state representative, uh, Randy Fine from uh, Brevard County said publicly, we are targeting Disney. And the Supreme Court has said, you cannot target anybody for using free speech. Yeah, and some people would even argue beyond that, Jim, why in the world would anyone target in this way perhaps the world's best known company where families spend a lifetime saving up to come to Central Florida. It is your bread and butter. It's this place that contributes a billion dollars in state taxes almost every single year, has 65, 70,000 employees. Why would you target this place where so many people make such memories of a lifetime and even the governor himself got married there? Yeah, as you point out, the, the governor got married there, although uh, he stipulated there could be no Disney characters at his wedding. So uh, Mickey was not at the governor's wedding. Um, but, you know, I think it started that, that uh, when it started. Point, yeah, <laughs> I think, as you pointed out, that that uh, when this started, he had a great deal of support. And everyone, I think, including the governor, thought this was over. Uh, the book he wrote that came out several months ago had a chapter on his victory over Disney. Um, he had proclaimed victory. Uh, and I think everyone was surprised when a whole new chapter erupted in this case. Do you feel like DeSantis is going to pull back, maybe try to let this fade, or is he just too pot committed at this point and he's just got to go full bore after Disney still? Well, you know, you, you two have covered politics long enough to know that every candidate sets up a political action committee and they usually have flowery names like Fund for America or, you know, uh, uh, 
effort to improve the world. His is called Never Back Down. <laughs> and, and I think I think that's where he comes from. I've thought the whole time that there was going to be some backroom deal that caused them to work it out, but that doesn't happen yet. So no, we'll see what happens. Thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time to talk to us, my friend. You are always very enlightening. And we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Bye, Clarkopedia. Clarkopedia. <laughs> and thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.